welcome to today's episode of Dermatologist Talks Science of Beauty. I'm Dr. Tio Wan Lin, and today we're going to be chatting about the phenomenon of skin whitening, lightening, as well as the dangers involved. We will also talk about the social and cultural context of uh, skin color and skin tones all around the world, and hopefully answer some of your most pressing questions about skin tone and skin color along the way. Well, this is a topic I've always wanted to explore more of, and it's a topic very relevant to this part of the world. Well, for those of you who are unfamiliar, skin bleaching or lysening is a process in which substances are used in procedures where the goal is to reduce melanin concentration in the skin for a lighter or fairer complexion. This phenomenon is closely tied to Asian beauty ideals of desiring fairer skin, which shows clearly because skin whitening is a booming business in Asia. By 2027, experts project that the skin whitening industry will be worth over $24 billion. Well, in Asia, the idea of having fair skin is unfortunately closely tied uh, to the concept that uh, beautiful, healthy skin has to be, uh, first of all, fair, then smooth and soft and without wrinkles. Um, as opposed to the false stereotype that aged skin is one that is always dark, um, and this doesn't take into consideration the fact at all that dark skin can be free of wrinkles, have a smooth and soft texture, uh, without all the accompanying signs of photoaging as well. There is some correlation of skin darkening and hyperpigmentation uh, with the physical signs of photoaging uh, due to exposure to ultraviolet radiation, for example. However, the message here isn't science-based because it does not take into consideration the fact that our natural skin tone, which is um, a result of our ethnicity, uh, our skin of color, for example, is really deemed to have more uh, inherent melanin as a result of genetic factors. And this melanin is actually photoprotective and prevents us from getting sunburnt. Skin lightening or whitening is a well-documented and ancient practice dating back to the 1500s, and it continues to be a thriving business in the form of soaps, creams, pills, and even injectables in many cultures. So, a little bit about the context of skin whitening or skin bleaching. It's actually a very popular cosmetic pr practice in skin of color, um, in various continents from Africa to East Asia to South Asia and Southeast Asia. For example, a study by Rusmadi and his colleagues reported that 60% of Malaysians use skin lightening products and 61% actually perceive that lighter skin uh, gives them a healthier and younger look. Now, the methods of skin lightening and skin bleaching uh, range from using topical corticosteroids to uh, medications such as hydroquinone, both of which are uh, prescription medications and are illegal to be incorporated in over-the-counter cosmetics and are also not indicated for skin bleaching, 
All these result in removal of pigment from the skin, but it is uh, very important to note that use of this uh, in such a way is inappropriate and dangerous. Mercury, which is neurotoxic, has actually been found uh, in over-the-counter products sold in South Asia as well for um, uh, products targeting skin lightening. So the key message here is that you know one should embrace your natural skin tone and skin color because that's what you're born with. Societal messaging via uh, brand advertisements, marketing, uh, especially with regards to products that target hyperpigmentation, um, must be uh, you know geared towards the right perspective, uh, especially in in this age. So it's not about having fairer or whiter skin, but in terms of encouraging healthy skin and embracing your natural skin tone, um, I feel that all that is a really huge factor that's driving these uh, dangerous practices of uh, skin lightening all over the world. It's not just an unrealistic beauty ideal, but also a very unhealthy one that can significantly damage one's self-esteem. So I think we need to thread very carefully here. And um, hopefully as a, a society in general, and especially uh, for beauty influencers and key opinion leaders, that uh, you know, we take a stand uh, to uh, encourage the correct perspectives of skin color. Yeah, growing up, I actually think it was a little bit of the opposite for me. Due to the influence of Western media, much to the dismay of my grandma or other older relatives, my friends and I always wanted to look more bronzed and tan. So I was a little bit on the other side of the spectrum where I would always want to go out in the sun and suntan or sunbathe, which I do recognize now that isn't healthy as well. But I do remember growing up with relatives always telling me that I look too dark to stay out of the sun and keep the skin fair. Well, luckily, it was never to the extent of using skin lightening creams or, you know, supplements. But I do know that this is not the case with everyone. In many Asian societies, many do still see skin tone as a sign of social class, with Western colonial influences on the 18th and 19th century making it so that the light skin of European colonizers became a mark of higher status, while the darkest skin of Asians a mark of lower class and status. Yes, while well, history does play a part in um, our obsession with lighter skin in uh, Asia. I do want to remind people that healthy, beautiful skin is actually one that is resilient to environmental damage and uh, one that retains its normal, healthy, natural color as opposed to skin that is artificially bleached or sunburnt. One way to drive home this message um, I feel is through government campaigns and raising awareness Interestingly, a lot of media influences can account for the success of um, campaigns targeted at advising people not to bleach their skin. For example, in Africa, the government actually had a series of anti-skin lightening messages which were broadcast on television for decades. And um, 
As a result,、uh, it was noted that、uh, there were less of these、um, cases of、um, you know dangerous side effects arising from these illegal skin lightening procedures. From the nineteen seventies,、uh, actually, there、um, was actually noted that there was regulation of these skin lightening ingredients. Um, and in fact, this later prompted the prohibition of the use of hydroquinone in、uh, over-the-counter products, a practice that extended to East Asia as well. Though the sale of hydroquinone in over-the-counter cosmetics is banned, we still find that many of these、uh, unregulated cosmetics sold online contain hydroquinone,、uh, mercury, and steroids. That does make sense because there definitely should be more campaigns, whether on social media or through public advertisements, raising awareness of the harmful effects on skin lightening procedures, and trying to eliminate biases and discrimination as well. Especially since the availability of these over-the-counter products are still so widespread. I feel as an Asian,、um, having lived and grown up. In this part of the world, that、um, the cause of this skin whitening、uh, beauty trend、uh, in this part of the world is actually a lack of public education on the relevance of melanin in、uh, terms of it being photoprotective,、uh, preventing sun damage. Uh, this is why we find that there、uh, can be a lot of misconceptions about altering your natural skin tone. In South Asia, India, for example,、um, darker skin is associated with、uh, caste systems. So the caste system no longer exists, but we find that these same biases and prejudices that link your skin color is still. Quite prevalent in South Asia. Yes, there are definitely a lot of social cultural influences at play here, which makes this skin whitening phenomenon not as simple as we might think. So, can you tell us more about the different skin whitening measures available out there and how they might be dangerous? The main ingredients used in skin bleaching products are hydroquinone and mercury.、Uh, these are all. Illegally included in over-the-counter cosmetics,、um, and essentially work by inhibiting the production of the skin pigment melanin. We know that both in the short, medium, and long term, these ingredients are toxic. Some of these ingredients can even paradoxically darken your skin and cause premature aging. If it's used, especially for long periods of time, specifically without medical supervision, some studies have found that hydroquinone can remove the top layer of the skin, causing a form of dermatitis. It increases the risk of skin cancer, and may even cause liver and kidney damage in the concentrations、um, used in these unregulated cosmetics. One very relevant issue is. Uh, in the skin whitening creams that target your body's skin, so the 
issue with these、um, body lotions that help to bleach your skin is that it's applied over a very large body surface area, and what happens is that these toxic ingredients can be absorbed through the stratum corneum into the systemic circulation. A lot of these so-called skin bleaching procedures tell you to apply additional compression with、um, hydrogen peroxide, even with all these other、uh, topicals that contain potent steroids and hydroquinone. It creates an occlusive environment, and eventually, the systemic absorption leads to side effects and even affect the liver and the kidney, and these can be fatal. What we don't hear this talked about,、um, you know, very often in dermatological circles, is the fact that these practices can even cause paradoxical darkening and hyperpigmentation of skin. Ochronosis is an example of a type of、uh, hyperpigmentation that. Actually, the results from using hydroquinone inappropriately. So this is a sort of black, ah,、uh, bluish gray hyperpigmentation disorder, um, that occur after the skin is exposed to、uh, hydroquinone. Besides, all these inappropriate, illegal skin lightening processes will increase your risk to de- of developing skin cancers. Like squamous cell cancer, because it removes melanin that is present in your skin naturally for protection. When these medications are absorbed through the body system, it can even cause organ damage. For women who are pregnant or lactating, it will affect the unborn infant. You also mentioned the use of corticosteroids and other prescription medicines briefly before. Can you explain how these prescriptions work in dermatology and potential complications that can arise from misuse? The use of corticosteroids for reducing inflammation is relevant in dermatology and has、uh, been a critical part of treatment of various skin diseases. But when it's incorporated in lightening or whitening skincare, um. We find that local immune suppression occurs,、um, and this can lead to increased skin infections. And in fact, the lightening that occurs is not an intended effect of the medication. We do not use it for that reason in dermatology practice. It's in fact a side effect. Now, this side effect is also tied to other. Ah,、uh, potentially irreversible side effects such as skin thinning, ah,、uh, what we call dermal atrophy. Ah,、uh, there can be increase in the blood vessels on the surface of the skin, and all these may actually be irreversible side effects. Um, besides topical steroids, when it's applied over a large body surface area, such as in these illegal ah、uh, bleaching creams, etc. Uh, when it's absorbed through the skin into the body system to the blood circulation, it can result in、um, you know what we call adrenal complications, which are hormonal problems such as Cushing syndrome.、Um, diabetes and high blood pressure are also known side effects of inappropriate steroid use. 
Uh, when it's applied to areas near the eyes, it can lead to glaucoma, cataracts, and even blindness. In South Asia, uh, preparations containing mercury have been found in these, um, you know, cosmetics which uh, are being sold to the public. And uh, we know very well that this you know, active ingredient, mercury, actually causes neuropsychiatric toxicity and also kidney damage. Something that's worthy of mention at this juncture uh, would be glutathione injections or uh, infusions, which we sometimes hear about from our Southeast Asian counterparts. Uh, these are actually not approved or evidence-based for skin lightening and significant complications can occur in the liver, the nervous system, as well as the kidneys. But, you know, the main point here is why are we even talking about lightening your skin tone? We're not referring to, say, removal of um, hyperpigmentation here. We're talking about wanting to whiten your skin, changing the skin color that you were born with. So I think it's very important for us to take uh, this moment to reflect on our personal perspectives and how perhaps our prejudices have been um, formed by these, you know, societal biases that were there from the first place. Well, I don't know about you, but listening to that laundry list of those potentially dangerous and harmful effects of these procedures, it's a wonder to me that people still use these skin lightening methods at all. I guess the real problem is that the people really aren't aware of these harmful side effects and what it can do to their skin or overall health. I agree. Um, the importance of knowing the detrimental effects of skin lightening practices um, is uh, going to make an impact on um, the consumer's behavior. So the public is unfortunately, you know, in most cases, not aware of this fact. Um, it's not addressed uh, directly in, uh, obviously, the, the brand marketing. We're talking about the, of course, unregulated cosmetics sold in some parts of the world. But for FDA and HSA-approved cosmetic products, they do not contain any of these banned substances, but uh, still have the uh, ability, say, to inhibit melanin formation. Uh, I think that the issue here is if it is not correctly addressed by the uh, brand marketing and the advertising itself, then it serves only to perpetuate this myth that you need to be fair in order to be beautiful, which is false. Now, hyperpigmentation is not a state of healthy skin, but that's different from wanting to bleach your skin or changing your skin tone. So when you are using these terms to market your product, you are actually perpetuating some rather unhealthy um, biases that uh, can have far-reaching consequences on society. Yes, the issue now is that it's so easy to buy unregulated cosmetics online where brands can really say that their products can do anything, but not really address the issue of side effects. How else do you think we can help to raise awareness to this issue? I think that the media 
can also play a huge role in changing public perception on this issue. So in film industries in South Asia, we find that Bollywood film stars are being selected for being fair-skinned, um, the same for celebrities featured in advertisements uh, who have skin-lightening products. So the same phenomenon is seen in Korea, where pop uh, stars are lightening their skin and appearing in all these controversial advertisements. We need to pass on a responsible message to the population that from a a dermatologist and a skin health point of view, it is neither healthy nor is it recommended to lighten your skin. In many cases, it can even be dangerous. Rather, your best bet is, um, you know, looking good by embracing your skin color and your natural skin tone, wearing colors that will complement your uh, natural skin, uh, uh, natural skin tone will also help. So there's a bit of color science and you know, tips from fashion stylists will always um, incorporate elements of how certain colors work better with warmer and uh, others with cooler skin tones. And the same with the wearing of uh, various tones of jewelry. So whether gold, silver or rose gold. Um, when the media starts to take notice of this shift, um, especially in, in the field of how we present celebrities, then um, hopefully it can start, and I feel that it's already started, to incorporate um, ambassadors with various skin tones and colors. And this will shape our societal perception and hopefully change it for the better. Social media campaigns and non-profit campaigns are the first step which we can take towards changing attitudes um, about the need for skin lightening or whitening, which I feel are terms that ought to be banned. <laughs> but uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to get much support uh, for that, except that I'd like to highlight it's surprisingly not uh, used in the field of dermatology. We do not use these terms uh, in the context of any skin disorder, uh, but we talk about specifically treatment of disorders of hyperpigmentation, which has really nothing to do with changing your skin color or your skin tone. In India, okay, for example, the Dark is Beautiful campaign was created to challenge the belief that um, only light skin was beautiful. So dermatologists in this sense have a role to play in raising public health awareness and to protect patients uh, who are vulnerable to this sort of messaging uh, via broadcasted interviews, online forums, and uh, continued education. So I believe that uh, we have a role to play in molding the perception of the public and even steering the brand messaging uh, for you know, those of us that work with brands to steer it to, um, you know, influence the way products. So even science-based uh, dermocosmetics products that have the ability to remove pigment, we can steer the marketing message towards that of attaining healthy skin as opposed to talking about skin lightening or skin whitening. Yes, I, I did hear about the Dark is Beautiful campaign. 
It really helped to push for advertising guidelines in India to change, reflecting in ads now being regulated so as they're not able to, and I'm quoting here, reinforce negative social stereotyping on the basis of skin color or communicate any sort of discrimination. Well, this is one step towards changing beauty standards and the media um, perception of how skin tone and skin color is um, received in the society. Well, moving on, apart from skin lightening to change your skin tone, which we know is unhealthy, are there instances where it's okay to look for skin lightening treatments? You know, I feel that it is important to talk about photo aging here. Um, it's a part of biological aging. The most advanced form um, is actually a disease state we call chronic actinic dermatitis. And it's actually got very little to do with being dark or fair. Because we find that most of these individuals with chronic actinic dermatitis are those with less photoprotective melanin genetically perhaps fairer skin, and hence develop all these signs of photoaging, including hyperpigmentation, irregular skin tone, uh, roughness of the skin, flaking, and um, in the disease state, pre-squamous cell cancers, pre-cancerous growths, known as actinic keratosis. So if we frame the uh, concept of skin, skin whitening or skin lightening products uh, in a way to address inflammation of the skin, I feel that it is, first of all, much more science-based um, and also a healthier perspective. We also talked a little bit about corticosteroids and other potentially dangerous skin lightening measures that are illegally sold over the counter. Can you tell us a little bit about why they are so dangerous and whether or not there are other alternatives for scar lightening? The reason why products such as topical uh, corticosteroid uh, combinations with hydroquinone, for example, uh, and retinoids are prescription only is because of the potential side effects. So you find a lot of um, even pharmacists and uh, scientists who are knowledgeable about chemistry and pharmacology uh, touting the benefits of these uh, active ingredients. But the truth is, if they do not see patients, right, they do not have the same uh, vision of the kind of real-life clinical side effects that can occur. And, um, you know, from a dermatologist's perspective, we are a little bit more sensitive because we are not just working with chemistry or pharmacology, but about how it really translates uh, to the patient's um, outcome. So it's, it's more than just working uh, at the laboratory bench uh, that we find that these active ingredients, they do work, but also uh, what happens in uh, an individual who has side effects from the, uh, these active ingredients. The dangers of using prescription-only medications without medical supervision um, is permanent skin damage, uh, increasing your risk of skin infections and skin cancers. 
The burgeoning market of using botanically derived active ingredients in dermal cosmetics is something worth paying attention to,、uh, especially in Asia, where there is clearly a demand for. Um, treating disorders of pigmentation, and also because of the fact that Asian skin responds to hydroquinone, tretinoin,、uh, slightly differently from their Caucasian counterparts as well. So the、um, increasing attention、uh, on dermal cosmetics is partly because of its ability to regulate the process of melanogenesis, which is、um, you know the process of melanin formation in a holistic. Synergistic way and、um, with minimal side effects. Besides, these are actually non-prescription medications, active ingredients, and can be used without medical supervision.、Um, and we also know that these actives have scientific data that backs up the pathways、uh, by which it blocks melanin formation.、Uh, so rather than Actually, depleting your skin of natural the natural melanin that it has, and reducing its photoprotective abilities, these actives,、um, these actives in dermal cosmetics, actually enhance your skin's photoprotective abilities because of its ability to also help in cell to cell communication, a process known as cell talk. So antioxidants, vitamin C,、um, you know, in its chemical form, ascorbic acid in various forms, these are examples of antioxidants that can overall help the health of the skin, and this also、uh, helps to repair the oxidative damage that occurs with photo aging, which is a key component of、um, hyperpigmentation states that arise from sun damage. Arbutin and kojic acid,、uh, these can also inhibit tyrosinase activity, an enzyme involved、uh, involved in melanogenesis. Well, if you've noticed, I think this is a common theme on our podcast. There are actually a lot of benefits in botanicals and natural ingredients for skincare, and that's no different for dark spot lightening and acne scars,、um, or hyperpigmentation as well. Moving on, we've on, we've really been talking about skin lightening in the context of facial skin, but what about in terms of the skin in our bodies? I feel that it's important to also pay attention to the care of、uh, the skin on your body, right? Because a lot of people feel that they want to whiten、uh, the entire body's skin.、Uh, well, first of all, please embrace your natural skin tone. And skin color, and be thankful for the fact that you were born with this extra melanin because it's going to keep you looking younger than your fairer skin counterparts, and it's going to give you,、um, it's probably going to result in you having less wrinkles, more plump looking skin, and a lower risk of skin cancer. The most important thing is to avoid getting sunburned and to keep your skin healthy. Now. By talking about skin health, one cannot neglect the fundamental concept of barrier repair. So this is in the form of a good moisturizer formulated、uh, specifically as a prescription emollient device, which is the current gold standard therapy for eczema.、Uh, it is not just a moisturizer. 
but it also has additional anti-inflammatory properties for the treatment and prevention of、uh, disorders such as eczema because of its anti-inflammatory properties,、um, essentially conferred by botanical antioxidants. So all of these factors. When、uh, incorporated into your dermal cosmetic regimen, can help to regulate the process of melanogenesis, and it's important to note that for body skincare, ultraviolet protection,、um, even the wearing of UPF、uh, clothing, which is specifically、uh, regulated and、um, Measured in terms of its protection factor as well as its design,、um, all these can be very valuable to、um, also assist in、uh, preservation of the skin on your body. On another note, it is very important to note that our body skin sh- should age in tandem with. Uh, our organ systems as well, so it's unlikely if you are riddled with disease systemically, like you have very very unhealthy heart, liver, lungs are bad, that you will have healthy skin. So the key here is stay healthy, and we know that besides genetic factors, lifestyle factors such as physical activity, your diet, all that can influence the aging process. You're absolutely right. If we want our skin to be healthy, we really have to maintain an overall state of health and well-being as well. Well, that's it for today's episode. We've talked about the social and cultural aspects of skin whitening, particularly in Asian cultures, and also how we as a society can move forward from the unhealthy beauty standards of lighter skin being equal to more beautiful skin. Through raised public awareness, increasing social campaigns that can help over time to break down unhealthy biases and stereotypes, we've also covered the potentially dangerous effects of various skin lightening measures, such as using over-the-counter hydroquinone and mercury, and the science behind how darker skin actually confers more photoprotective properties and fewer signs of aging. Finally, we want to emphasize that instead of unhealthy and potentially harmful effects of the desire for a fairer skin tone, we should move towards the goal of healthy skin and overall health in general. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. You may follow Dr. Tio on Instagram at Dr. Tio Wanlin for more podcast updates, and remember to check out our website at www.scienceofbeauty.net for the full podcast transcript. 